Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from our lovely backers on Kickstarter, like Christopher LeBlanc, for example. Now, if Christopher, if I do actually know you, and I am about ready to say what I'm about ready to say, then please, I apologize profusely, but I don't know Christopher as well, so you know what, I'm just going to say... I'm going to actually modify my story and say, you know what? I do know Chris. We're friends from way back at Wright State. Really cool guy. And Wright State is a college that could be anywhere. It's not definitely only in Ohio. But uh, he's a really cool guy. And uh, he likes all things that are geeky. And that's why he backed us on Kickstarter. So, Christopher, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible, plus you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. We're also part of the It's All Been Done Presents Network, a Columbus, Ohio-based multi-platform creative network. Let us entertain you. We're also voted uh, one of Columbus's top picks for 2017 and 2018. And uh, we have tons of podcasts, friend works, reviews, videos, and more. For more information, go to ibdpresents.com. In this episode, I am here with... Ella Pilardi. And Eric Sternberger. And uh, we're going to sit down and talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Do you guys have anything you'd like to plug real quick? I don't. Eric, uh, go I, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, com as always. Rescued Ohio, as always. And then also August 17th at Franklin County Shelter is Clear the Shelter, where it's going to be incredible deals on dogs and stuff all day long. So I'll probably be there helping out and... Maybe can get you a dog that day. Oh, awesome. So be sure to check that out, and we'll have that in the show notes as well. And a word of warning that there will be spoilers aplenty, not just on this, but just about anything we may talk about, so listener beware. And do you have anything to say about Quentin Tarantino? Because we're probably going to talk about a lot of Quentin Tarantino stuff. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, join in on the conversation by interacting us, with us via social media or email. Twitter and Instagram is username GoodBadGeeky or email me at GoodBadGeeky at gmail.com. We may, we may read your comment on the show. All right, enough of my end. Will, roll them. Did you guys see the movie again twice? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to go the second time. Did I you? did not go the I didn't time. either. I f- okay, I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's Quentin Tarantino's ninth, possibly his last film. It's not. And possibly his tenth. <laughs> possibly, that's true. Possibly his tenth. If you don't count how he counts. Which who does? Well, the direct, let the director have his fun. He he knows how he made... What, is he counting Kill Bill once? Is that what it is? Yeah. 
Now the question is, thanks, he is supposedly he wants to do the Star Trek movie. He's also talking about maybe a Kill Bill three. Would that still count as one with Kill Bill one oh, and two? If he makes sequels to right. everything, he could keep right. making movies forever. Would that keep? Can he keep going and still only do ten films if he just keeps making sequels to his own stuff? I I I would like to see him. I would like to see him suffer through trying to answer that question. <laughs> He won't suffer through it. No, but he, he will talk for 20 minutes. Okay. No, he, him and Kevin Smith are very accurate in that. It's just like, how was your day yesterday? He's like, oh, man, let me fucking tell you. I got up, crack a dawn, fucking smoked up a joint. And then it's like literally an hour. Like one of his evening of Kevin Smith, which are really entertaining, but they only ask three questions. That's why, why the Quentin first Tarantino one... have an evening of Kevin Smith? Well, sorry. <laughs> I, I mentioned Kevin Smith. Was... <laughs> Touche. No, I actually, I would actually wouldn't mind seeing Tarantino do one well, of those. You know, you know he has said that there's two universe, two shared universes of his films, right? No. He has said there's the real universe and the real, real universe, which is apparently the, and how they're all tied together in different ways. One is all his movies are tied together in a cinematic universe, and the other is the real world of the people who see those movies. Tied together. Okay, fan or not fan? Can we? And I'm not a fan of, of Quentin Tarantino. I'm I'm that person on this podcast no, okay. who came in here not we, liking we, uh, him. We honestly but need that. Can though. we all agree that he's kind of narcissistic? He's oh, he, I mean, he there, bores no himself. Kind of. I, okay, we can, we can I was trying to soften the blow there, but no, no, not at all. Like he he totally is. I mean, and it's not like Kevin Smith where he's just like, oh, I'm a fat nerd who did good, and I'm also a little narcissistic. No, Quentin Tarantino is totally is, but he I don't think he would admit it though right away. You'd have to probably. Pick well, him a bit to well, yeah. He'd say it, but he'd try it and say it in a way that made it cool. Okay, course. like yeah. I'm a nerd, all right. But like, but like being a nerd for right. me, all right. Here's and, where and, it comes and, from. And here, and here's the thing. Okay, yeah. here's the here's thing. It comes, it comes from being cool. Okay, I, I watched uh, I watched some clip about the making of the movie, and are like, he's such fun to work with on a movie set because even after they nail it, especially if it's a harder take, and he, he knows he has it, he'll go, "All right, we're going to do it one more time." Mm-hmm. Why? And then everyone goes, "Because we love making movies." And I'm like, I read that That's somewhere. That's actually yeah. kind of cool yeah. that he does that. But then he also apparently, who was it? Oh, Christoph Watts was talking about, here's how you work with Quentin Tarantino. He's talking to you about something, has nothing to do with what you're, he, what you're trying to ask him for, or he's trying to give you direction on, because here's the thing. And then it, it cuts to him in like five interviews going, yeah, and here's the thing. And I'm just going, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> like, like, it's like, okay, so that, that was a great take, Nick. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. You know, Spielberg years ago, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? This has... What it has to do with my... Yeah, anyway. Tangents, yes. Tangents. Yeah. Well, I would welcome that. I go on tangents all the time. <laughs> so... Uh, That's true. Yeah, that is true. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll start off around... We'll start with you, Ella. Quick hits. What did you think of the movie? Okay, so as I said, I'm not a Quentin Tarantino fan. I am by no means a Quentin Tarantino expert. All I really know about his movies is they are uber violent, and yes. I'm going to be the killjoy for 20 seconds here. <laughs> I'm going to be the nerd and say I don't like gratuitous violence in movies, and I'm not a fan. Unlike a lot of people, I'm not a fan of like true crime for entertainment because I always, you know, I'm empathetic and I'm like, oh, these are somebody's family members. Like I don't want to watch, you know, about their murder for my own entertainment. So. The reason I was drawn to this film and wanted to see it and come talk about it is, first of all, I love the era, like anything 60s I'm into. Mm -hmm. But I saw that Deborah Tate, Sharon's sister, was like on board with it and was okay with the script and the way it was portrayed. So I was like, well, she's okay with it because I know how protective she is of Sharon's memory and everything. Yeah. I think this is going to go in a different direction that I'm not expecting. I think I'm going to be okay with it. So from seeing the movie... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, I guess I can spoil the end. Like, no, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see Sharon Tate get butchered in this movie, is what I'm trying to say. And we didn't. So well, we didn't. Well, that's the fear. But then, luckily, yeah. Inglorious Bastards came before it. And so people who've seen that know, or at least it's, it's in the zeitgeist enough to know, it's like, oh, he kills Hitler. Yeah. Um, right. It, like, he'll the, change history. And, he'll change sure. history. And, right. It's not and, a documentary. Right. right. But that's the other thing that I think, well, we'll talk about this uh, more yeah. possibly, but I think that's something that works in his favor is that you go, but is he though? Right. Because that's, especially when the movie switches gears to almost like a completely different film. Yes. It, 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 <laughs> you just go, oh, okay. I don't, that feeling I get when I watched Hateful Eight where it's like, I know yeah. people are going to die here. But yeah. who, who is it? Who is it? And who's going to go first? And then who's second? Yeah. Oh God, who's well, third and fourth? Yeah. And that's that feeling you get in a Tarantino When movie. it switches and you can tell, uh, one, because you've already been sitting there for two hours, so you know it's going to end at some point soon. <laughs> yeah. You know it's wrapping up, but it totally changes in tone and obviously the date, you know, from February mm-hmm. we go to August 8th, so we know it's coming. And yeah, you get that, oh, here we go, but I mean, I, for one, had a feeling like this is not going to go down the way I think. You know it's oh, not going to go I'm down hoping, predictably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I hope not. Or I would just think, oh, it, everything, well, it, it tries to switch over, and of course it goes wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I was thinking that's what we were going to see, was them all get butchered. And uh, I should be clear, uh, yeah. Rick Dalton and Cliff and his... Francesca, his new Italian <laughs> yes. wife. His, his Italian, Italian crew wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You thought they were going to die. Well, and let, yeah. let's be honest, that marriage is maybe a year. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh of That's, course. Of at course. Most. I mean, uh, yeah. Who, I feel like that is based after someone where someone can't. Was it? Yeah, there, there's a couple. I mean, it, in this movie, everything's analogous to so something yeah. else. All right. Sorry. We'll, so, my, my soundbite so, takeaway yes. is <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. This is I go on tangents too. No, it's okay. My soundbite, like one sentence takeaway, is that I really liked it. I liked that there was not, it was surprisingly, refreshingly clear of violence, really, till you get to the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not. You know that violent or that like the bad language was to a minimum. I think I think kids could go if you've got a kid that is you know somewhat hearty. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say don't bring your kids. I'm not telling you to do it either. But um, you no. can go left or right. Uh, you yes, can go either way. yes. Don't blame me either way. Either, but uh, at the end of the day, I appreciated. I think it was a really good story, well developed characters and story, and I appreciated that. And mm-hmm. uh, the wacky ending was fun and not too much for uh, a pearl clutcher like me yeah. <laughs> all right eric what did you what's right. your sound bite real quick so <laughs> i'll say i'm like the moderate quentin tarantino fan yeah where i love everything he's done from a cinematic level but also understand that he and his films have a some very s- serious specific flaws mm-hmm. or issues especially looking back at them oh yeah but i'm also like i said i'm, I'm a big quentin tarantino fan on the fact that jackie brown is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I need to rewatch that because I watched that like at three o'clock in the morning on HBO and I was like, everyone likes this. This movie's fucked. I just. Well, I feel like there's also two kind of Quentin Tarantino fans and one is where Jackie Brown's their favorite. Yeah. And a lot of people say that well, those aren't real Quentin Tarantino fans. Oh, no. I, <laughs> like, like, I was also yeah, like 18 or 19 like, when that movie came out. I love something. his structure and the way he puts the stuff together, and I wish someone would tell him maybe don't throw as many N-words around. But... <sighs> yes. But at the yeah. same point... Knowing and, Samuel L. Jackson does not that, mean it's right? okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. He, he Although, might be able to have him say it in the movie when you're dealing with, I don't know, slavery because it makes right. sense. Not and not as a defense of because that is kind of the only thing that really still bugs me a little bit about Reservoir Dogs. 
which is otherwise nearly perfect, but uh, structurally and oh, how no, it's yeah, put yeah, together yeah, and everything, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is the N-word droppage. But also it's like yeah. one of those things that you, you watch it, you go, God, it's, it feels so bad that this keeps getting thrown around and, like, and, it, and it hurts you a little mm-hmm. bit. And then you think like, oh, people don't talk like this anymore. And then this last year and a half or so, it's kind of proven that yes, they do. And sometimes they get elected president. So it's like, you know, maybe he's just showing how people actually do talk, sadly. Sadly. <laughs> Which Way I, to bring which, us all down, Eric. God yeah. damn it. That's me, baby. It's Jesus. That's me. I, I write sad comedy. So, uh, <laughs> I love sad uh, comedy. So that's my brand. <laughs> Having a it's brand my life. is important. <laughs> so it, it's one of those things where halfway through the movie, I was like, man, I really don't know where I'd put this in my Quentin Tarantino rankings. Yeah. And then the second half kicked in, and I was like, I am on fucking board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was once, I was like, I, it felt the whole first half, which I was really not expecting, like a Richard Linklater hangout, scrolling, like sprawling film, and I wasn't sure where it was going and mm-hmm. why we kept seeing all the shoe leather. Yeah. <laughs> until you realized that, you know, it really it was the point of it and it's, as much as I hate to do the whole thing of like you know LA being a character like New York being a character for mm-hmm. you know an even more problematic director but it, LA in the love of that time was a real character in this one so the, all the driving made sense later when you saw it when you realized what it was doing oh yeah i really i enjoyed it a great deal i i thought it was i don't know i don't know where i need to watch it again and then also, I just I I just need to do a com- complete rewatch of everything, which I just that, did. Which and you did. So, yeah, which I just so did going I, into this one. Just I have no context for how. Like I like so when I first saw Pulp Fiction, for example, I hated Pulp Fiction. But then uh, my cousin loved it, and he would like we would work together. So he would like start quoting, and I was like, "Where the hell is that from? I've heard that before." He's like, "Zed's dead." Oh, oh, that's from Pulp Fiction, and he would just quote it back and forth like reach into the bag and grab my what which one is this the one that says was it bad motherfucker or yeah. whatever it's just little stupid things like that and you're like that's kind of funny how it rolls off the tongue and stuff like that but i kind of liked how this one was less quotable yeah like the weird the only thing i this is horrible that i could take away and and to be fair somebody that i live with is mexican but it's the comment cliff because anytime <laughs> mexicans get mentioned in a movie she's like excited <laughs> even even sure. the, yeah when you're German, you can't be excited whenever Germans oh. are mentioned in a movie because it's not yeah. always that great. It's, it's always usually bad. It, it and, usually and, goes and, a different and, direction. And fairly yeah. so. And, yeah. and, and, and I, totally, totally. I wasn't cheering any glorious bastards. They're German too. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, was uh, was when Cliff goes. Uh, I'm so sorry about that, Cliff. Blah 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 blah. He's like, no, no, man, no, it's okay. Uh, just don't, don't fucking cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> and I was just like, the fuck, like that. And then, and then, and then, right when I said that, she's like, oh, that's right. You don't, yeah, because you know what? We're fucking tough. And she just, oh. and, and she doesn't talk like that at all. Yeah. So she was getting riled up. And he's like, that's right. You don't fucking cry in front of the Mexicans. I was like, oh god. <laughs> and so it's just the, that's the weird quotable I took away. I love the one thing with. Bruce Lee in the fist. Oh, and he's yeah. like, yeah, it's called manslaughter. Yeah. Anybody accidentally kills someone, they go to jail. <laughs> yeah, um, but but yeah, you. I, I agree. Like for the most part, though, like it's not super quotable. It's and it does in the plotting. It, it is plotting. It's like it's plotting along. I should say. Like yeah. it feels like it's just kind of coming along. This is the day. How's it going? This is going over here. He's having a bad go of it, but we're just going to keep following him over here. Yeah, and we February over- 9th was a long day. I was sitting there watching it, like how trying to figure out with mathematical formulas, how do they have time to do all this stuff? February 9th was like yeah. an hour and 45 minutes. Also, I appreciated, and it took me a second as a viewer to understand when he was doing the flashbacks. 
because mm-hmm. it took me like, wait, is this is this now when he's going back to see Kurt Russell and do all that? And it's like, oh no, that's the flashback. The flashback yeah. in the room. Did, flashback yeah, in the flashback. That's the exact one that got me to the Bruce Lee whole thing. I thought that was like present time until it went back to the roof. Right. And I forgot seeing him on the roof the first time because it had been like such a long <laughs> tangent. But, oh, yeah. yeah. But, but it, it's oddly a funny one. Well, and, and <laughs> Interesting, to me, too, to the character. To me, that's when there's like two moments in the film where Quentin kind of goes full Quentin, where he like kind of does something to be stylish, and that was one of them. Yeah. And to me, that one worked. Yeah. The other one that I, I don't understand why he did it or why it, what it was was okay. um, when he, he's talking to uh, Timothy Oliphant, and they're having the conversation – uh, the about. actor in the western scene. Yeah. 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 So, oh, with, uh, yeah, The Great Escape. Yeah, and they're talking about The Great Escape. And the talk up to that, where it's like you hear a camera lens click, and like it, it, it cuts a couple times, where that conversation isn't actually fluid. Yeah. Because it's hat changes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. I, okay, I remember that now. And I, was just and I like, thought it was a mistake at first. Right, and, but it was, yeah. like, it was like, is this, it felt like one of those, like, you know, the things like he did for Grindhouse, which was just way too much. In Grindhouse, yeah, but it was like you know, it, I, it felt like a weird kind of choice of, of editing that was not done anywhere else, and I didn't understand why it was done for that film. I'm so glad that, that part you said that because uh, I thought I just imagined it. No, other than yeah. than you know him imagining how he would be in The Great Escape while saying, "No, I was never up for well, it," I t- which is which was hilarious. Now, see, yeah. this is where I got this is where I got confused on that is that I I took it as. He actually did shoot, and then it's almost like Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. They recast right. his ass. Yeah. And so, you know what? Stoltz is still in the movie, driving the little car. <laughs> Beyond that, they, they got Steve McQueen in there. Also, well, uh, that's what, I wasn't sure if, the, if they did that or if it was him imagining well, see, it. That, so that's where I got confused. I thought it was him going like, yeah, I didn't shoot anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, and it's like oh, no, you did, and you got fired. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, it's like either way it works of either whether he's imagining himself in that role and he's right. telling him the truth or whether he's lying to him and we're seeing the truth. Either way, they're opposite and it still he, And he wasn't drinking before the set that day. He was drinking at home and then he had a hangover, but he wasn't still drinking, was he? Until after that? Because I know he had the little... Well, he went like in the trailer and he opened it and then like threw it out the door and then he went home yeah. and was drinking Well, home. I guess I'm trying to think like... Well, he, he, went, to take a drink, or something? he went to take a drink in front of the girl. I th- okay. and, then he, oh. and, and then she saw him and he put it away. Right. And okay. then he talked to Oliphant after that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess I'm just, I just thought of this. Like, what if he blacked out or something? I, I, I'm trying to make sense of that editing because I. That whole part was probably the most confusing. Yeah. And I did. But yeah. I and like, so, like, that, that was like the one, like, stylish kind of thing that he did that I was like, why did you do that? I, I bet it's one of those things. He's like, "Yeah, did you catch that? Here's the thing." And then you're like, "What the, right. the hell?" Um, no, what's I, happening there is he's editing on the fly in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my attempt to bullshit. <laughs> so, yes, for those listening, Quentin turns things around at the end. Well, Margarita Machine doesn't mask the sound of the car. So, supposedly in real life, in the world reality that right. we're living in. As per Quentin, the car pulls up to was it Celio Drive, and then mm-hmm. they they backed out because they realized they were taking too much noise. And on the way up, they killed someone walking their dog or something, or a passerby. And we're then, talking about real life. In real life, and then they so it was like the, some eighteen year old kid drove his car, was like driving his car. I don't know. I I don't know if he was visiting the person that was in the guest house or what. But they stopped a guy at the gate and shot him there. 
Okay. And he was dead in his car. Yeah, and he had nothing to do with the Tates, I don't think. Or yeah, the, I don't think that's he, what I'm He was a complete not, bystander. Like, he might have been a friend of, because there was a guy living in the guest house at the time. Okay. That was not murdered. And that was Like, Kato woke Kato up Kato. the next morning, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, wrong Hollywood. Yeah, wrong. Uh, no, but that, yeah, so I liked how that, but then the twist is that Rick comes out and is like, get the hell out of here, you damn. And also, yeah. Uh, okay. His performance was I, so unhinged and great. It, it was. <laughs> and also, uh, the twist that he still has the flamethrower yeah. <laughs> of all things. I just remember, I don't know if your guys' audiences reacted, but like it popped for a oh, fine, yeah. which is like, you don't see, you just see, I think it was that he focuses on the feet and slowly pans up. Yeah. Where and you, and you just go, oh my God, I can see it kind of. He's like, is that the flame? Oh, it's the flamethrower. <laughs> and then my first thought was like, Oh, what if this blows up and kills him? <laughs> She's probably dead anyway at yeah. this point. She's fucked up. And then he <laughs> smokes it. Um, no, funny aside, because I just thought of this, and it has nothing in relation to what we're talking about. The moment my my wife, uh, she, God love her, she pees constantly. And so, <laughs> hold on. Like, and so, yeah, all the time. Never like, stops. Um, yeah. The, no, but like when she goes to the movies, she has to make an effort like right before the trailer starts, like right because she mm-hmm. enjoys watching the trailers. She has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, you, and, I mean, and, and I get it. That's, you got to plan it out with yeah. a Quentin Tarantino. You, you do. Or any movie over like two and a half hours. There's been oh, so many lately. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Endgame and all this other stuff. So she's kind of used to it, but she's like, I have a game plan. I'm going to go mm-hmm. in. And then she's like, I'm not going to drink anything. Today. I'm not going to do that. And I was like, mm, that's rookie what I mis- did. Rookie no, mistake. You can't drink. And. and she no. didn't drink anything, but halfway through, she's just shots. like, oh, "I gotta go to the bathroom." Oh. Do you think it's almost over? And it's right when they're on the plane, and the the editing of how the, the rest of the day goes the hasn't really kicked in yeah. super well yet. You just know Kurt Hustle's narrating, and she's like, "How much longer is this?" And I was, I was like, um, "You should go now. Yeah, you should leave right now and it's do it." It's not going to get less eventful no. at this no. point. And it's then August eighth. Like, oh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick around. And then when the, they said that they changed that said the time. And and then I, she's like, oh yeah, I'm totally not going. <laughs> like like she she's like, this is picking up. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, this is oh, the, this is the part. <laughs> um, did, did you also think Brad Pitt was going? Cliff was going to die, just from how things. Well, even it, if he okay, not really. so at, at the one point, that's where the movie started to click differently for me. Yeah. Is when he gave Cat the ride to the ranch. That's when things started to feel differently in the movie. I felt like that's when things started to go from being the hangout light. We're just driving around L.A. I'm passing yeah. this hitchhiker a few times. Ha ha. Like everything's light and breezy. Yeah, it took no the one dark cares. turn there. That's when it started to be like, there's, it was like, it was like the, the, the people at the ranch were almost like literal gathering storm clouds. Mm, yeah. As, as the way, like, as like they kind of like started enveloping him. Well, and the, the other interesting thing about this is, which is important to know, and it was Kind of similar in Glorious Bastards, but not as much maybe because the war was so sprawling. Multiple people or millions of people were involved. Mm-hmm. The Tate murders were just like a few people. Mm-hmm. A grand Manson family killed other people too, not to discount their sad uh, passings. But in terms of context of what Tarantino was trying to kind of show you and all that, Cliff and fuck, what's his name? Rick. Rick. Rick Dalton. Yeah, yes. sorry. <laughs> Fucking Rick Dalton. <laughs> Fucking Rick Dalton. <laughs> God damn right I am. Uh, he's like, well, I'll fucking, what is he? I'll fucking put a bullet in your head. I'm like, Jesus. Because then, then for a second I was like, it's Tarantino. He probably could. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, they're not real right. in terms of, of Rick history. Rick and Cliff. Yeah, Rick right. and Cliff are. So the moment he's walking by, I was like, 
what if we've seen everything where that Cliff's in this movie for? Yeah. Like, and, and that's, so that's, that's the feeling we, I felt too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, are they going to find a dead body and they're going to stab him from behind or something and kill him? Oh, you him thought he was going to die at the ranch. I thought he might. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, I started getting t- tensed up a little bit because it could go that direction. I've seen, I've seen Burn After Reading where he got shot in the closet halfway through. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Which is. And I, I don't, well, it's like. I thought the way they were building up the, and this is advertising done right, mm-hmm. the way that Tarantino's Hateful Eight was, I thought Kurt Russell would at least get maybe five people in before, out of like the ten people mm-hmm. in that cabin before he, no, Kurt is the first one to go. Yeah. <laughs> and right. and it's, and you're just like, but it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> There's that whole, well, he's the movie star. So it's saying it's like, is this where Are Brad Pitt's going to take out Brad Pitt? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I figure they might keep Rick Dalton's Leo around a little bit more, uh, but Cliff, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, so I, it was, you could see it being one of those things of like Cliff just disappears. It was very yeah. tense when he was going in the house, oh, like yeah. I'm seeing George. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, something more should have happened there. It didn't <laughs> really, but yeah, I could see. So, well, I'll I'll throw this out there. Uh, this kind of because Cliff himself first. Do you think that he murdered his wife? Oh, I hate see, that that's where everything plot hinges. bit. Uh, honestly, that's I don't where, understand why it's in there. Oh, that's because the ending hinges on it. But I don't think it does. So well, it it does in the fact of so here here's why I think the ending hinges on how you view if he killed his wife or not is at that last bit it's either is he a sociopath with this dark side that's completely fucked up or is it a redemption arc for him is he a guy who accidentally killed his wife and then makes good by saving people at the end or is he a guy that killed his wife and then has another cha- has another chance. To fuck people up, and it leaves it to you because because the, the thing the thing that I love about this about the ending is we as an audience are completely complicit in those killings at the end because mm. we are the ones who feel the uh, complete tension relief to us it's cathartic because we know what would have happened what would have happened yeah. Cliff doesn't right cliff just knows these are those fucking weirdos from the ranch that came into his house and he kills them anyway right so he doesn't know that he's saving sharon tate etc so i don't think it's like some hero i'm gonna save everyone but i don't think that it's oh i'm gonna kill people for no reason either they broke in the house and they're pointing guns and knives at him it's self-defense but but at any point they were disarmed and he just kept sending the dog after him and smashing her into fair game i mean (laughs) but see that's, that's what i mean like that's one of those things of is it one of those things of that's why I like where that scene's at because it puts everything on you to determine his motivation. So yeah, I'm kind of with him a little bit on that, but I I would like I wish Tarantino sometimes just doesn't give us the answer he wants us to figure out, and this right. is one of those ones where I'm like, at the end, give me the fucking answer, and you can sit there because to me the answer was yeah, I think he did. Um, I don't think he. I I don't know. I don't know. That's I still don't know, but I I'm leaning towards yes because that yep. dude fucks them up. And he has the ability to do it. He knows he knows how to handle himself under pressure. So if that boat's rocking, he knows where his trigger finger is. And that's and it's horrifying to think that. Even if he the, was hammered. Even if he was hammered. Well, he should be smart enough to know then <laughs> if he's hammered, you well, don't yeah. be fucking holding a spear. Unless, like, there's nobody else around. And even then, you got to be careful because you could harpoon yourself. He was dumb enough to go into a house with 400 cult people watching him. Well... <laughs> 
That's true. But see, yeah, no, yeah. But but even then, like, you didn't know. You don't. You still don't really know. Like, the Bruce Lee fight, I feel, is, is step one in going, oh, he can defend himself well, and he's a stuntman. Sure. But, like, stunt, just because you're a stuntman doesn't mean you're you're the strongest guy in the room. It just like, means you right. can take a fall. It means you can take a fall. And technically, that's what that whole contest really was, is how to take a fall. And the only problem is his dodge <laughs> just really fucked up Bruce Lee in that car. <laughs> um, and then the second thing was... I feel like that was the first thing. And the second thing was they showed the clip of him possibly killing his wife. Yeah. And so now you have this, well, wait, how dangerous is this guy? Because then you start thinking for a second, before he goes to the ranch, you're like, oh, the ending, I know where this is going. And then he starts walking around, you're like, oh, the tension's a little, he might not make it to the end, which means if he's not at the end, this could be just Rick Dalton is the one who gets killed, but then they go after Sharon. You just, it becomes a yeah. whole cluster of, of emotions. Yeah. So was I the only one that thought, okay, first of all, the whole Sharon going to the movies to watch herself in The Wrecking Crew, I thought was a drawn out scene that didn't need to be that long. And then, but it had me thinking, because they showed her like training with Bruce Lee and stuff, had me thinking she was going to kick their asses at the end. Did anybody <laughs> I, else I like, is that, that why this second. is in here? Pregnant, to make us Sharon think, Tate. well, sure, why not? That would be that, fucking that sweet. That she's trained by Bruce Lee and she's going to kick their asses is what I, I thought. I thought, that for, I thought that for a split second. I, 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 it did run a little long, but I felt like it was a, it's a weird thing because I was like, this is running too long. And then I was like, but it's weird in a good way of her watching the real Sharon Tate act. Yeah. That yeah, it was it was cool to see, you know, that they put... And, and that's where, like, what, her, si- her sister was actually in the scene with her. Oh, really? Sharon Tate's sister was in the audience in the movie theater scene. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was a nice tribute, for sure. Yeah. And you see Sharon Tate's face on the big screen again here. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, that's great. <laughs> but I just, this I thought, This would be oh, you cut out. She's gonna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut down. Not cut out, but cut, cut, cut down. down. Definitely. Okay. But then yeah. I thought maybe he put the d- in there on purpose to make, you know, as a red herring, like, oh, she's well, gonna... I- kick their asses so i feel like that's tarantino knows what you're expecting of him so like what like that and what i was saying about like oh well if they show those two scenes but then he gets killed at the ranch that completely changes our expectation of what will happen at the end i think he knows that we're all thinking that when are people gonna die it's a tarantino movie sure and so i definitely think he does play that up well that he is really playing on i guess a knowledgeable audience's expectations that if you know murders, yeah. if you know the Manson murders, if you know Sharon Tate, if you know that kind of stuff, and the fact that in general society, unfortunately, just she's been reduced to being a victim and a statistic, yeah, and a, yeah, in a statistic in in society essentially, and not celebrated for you know at her life who she was because right. I mean it was cut very short, her career was cut very right. short, like mm-hmm. she is the legend that she is because of how she died. Unfortunately, yeah, because yep. there just wasn't enough of it before that. Oh, I agree. To, you know, but but I think he's playing on the expectation that you're going to be a lot of people. For a lot of people, they're going to be viewing her as oh, she's going to be the victim from the second she comes out right. on, oh, on screen. Yeah, and so he's trying to just show you her life and show you that she's full of life. And at a certain point, you're like, oh, guys, it's because he's about to cut it short, and because yeah, because, because now I'm gonna. You know, take it away again. Yeah, now now it's going to make it hurt even more at the end, and then well, he, I think I think she's also a sign of the new Hollywood that's kind of creeping in. Yes. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's an earnestness to her, or uh, that he focuses on. And I think it's all come coming out of that scene to me, just because that's one of Rick's things that he has to deal with, and so you're getting Rick's version of it, where he's kind of the man out. 
and then you have her, which is, you know, she's kind of, she is a, a nice hippie. She's not like a Manson hippie, you know, right. she, she does all that stuff, but she, and she's very just nice and polite and very open and eager. And then, you know, cause literally like a year later, all the long haired actors are going to start taking over the screen with, was it easy rider? Was it 71, 72 and that kind of thing. Right, so I think she's like the beginning drum march of that. Where it starts off earnest and then it'll become more fragmented as it goes on. I, I don't know. Like it's a very interesting – it's a weird scene because, yeah, you want to cut it down. <laughs> but then there's a part of me I was like, oh, but I did enjoy it for what it was. It's a weird – Yeah. And that's kind of where it ties in too with the mm-hmm. ending. Like you said, she was kind of like the new mm-hmm. kind of up and coming. And a big part of this is the fact that like a lot of people viewed – you know the, the those murders as being kind of like the end of innocence in Hollywood. Yes. Um. And I th- basically, what Quentin's saying there at the end is, what if it didn't have to end? Right. You know. You know. Imagine, which is why I love that the title comes on at the end. It's basically saying, yeah, this was all a fable. It's a fairy tale. Yeah. yeah it's all a fairy it's a tale. This is what we wanted. This was the hero saves the princess. Bolt. You know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Standard fairy tale bullshit. But. You know, what if the innocent, you know, the you know, quote unquote innocence, because uh, obviously it was a great time for white people. Yeah. You yeah. know, there wasn't, <laughs> no, great, yeah, there wasn't great representation for a lot. Of, Literally, the line about the Mexicans of, was pretty much it in that movie, yeah. like of them yeah, talking yeah. about anyone that wasn't. Yeah. I mean, but, but even in general, it's like that was, you know, a great time in Hollywood if you were a certain type and pretty much a white guy. Yeah. Which um, still, fifty years later, hasn't yeah, changed yeah, yeah. that much. It's just Sadly, starting to. It's but. starting to. It's, it's down like seven percent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for Hollywood is a big deal, but um, no, that doesn't make it right at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, but but it, but it was kind of a like, what if things didn't have to go to the hippies? What if we didn't have to confront? Uh, the fact that we are no longer safe in our gated communities. Well, so that's the other thing too is that you never like they showed other scenes too when they like Rick would come home and he wouldn't lock the door and he, you're right. thinking nothing of it. Please lock yeah. the door. That one moment. <laughs> I was thinking it. It's that overhead shot at in the last day on, on in August where Pitt comes in with the dog and the lights are all off and he's tripping yeah. and he doesn't lock the door and it, it, they just it's that overhead shot and it just kind of hangs there just like. Everything else is hanging. You're just like lock, lock the door, the door. <laughs> lock the door. Oh god! One, one thing you mentioned it there though, the overhead shot. Mm-hmm. Quentin uses that maybe five six times, and I think he uses it so well mm-hmm. because he's basically showing the, the bullshit about the fact that you know this isn't these Hollywood hill, hills are still right next to the these other areas. Mm-hmm. He was basically using a lot of those crane shots to kind of show how Los Angeles was all connected. And there isn't yeah. actually this barrier that yeah, people, people think, there think is. exists. Yeah, at that time that they you know, they thought they were safe, so whatever. But like you'd go, he'd use that crane shot like over with a house, and you'd be right into standard housing, non-millionaire. Kind it looks of stuff. like you're in the valley of what you would yeah. think the valley looks like, even though it's it was, been a little gentrified. I and that's where like, one of those things, like those were like the the interesting choices of the meandering of, of like you actually showing LA as like a character kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and also. You can tell he just loves the era, which uh, he, he and he and that again, as mentioned, is a problematic era. Just as he is sometimes a problematic director. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to think here. So this movie also did something weird, which is he has a lot of white famous people's kids in the movie. Yes, um, which which I love the fact that actually, if you go to IMDb, you see who is the first person listed for this. 
movie well, because I, of Stranger <laughs> Things. Yes. Well, and Uma Thurman. Yeah, well, yeah. Uma Thurman. <laughs> Maya Hawk. It doesn't even have a character name. Uh, yeah, yep. I think it's Flower Child. Is, yeah. is, the, is her only name. It's not yeah. even really. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry. I'm looking. I have it up already. And yeah, it's Flower Child. <laughs> I was like, I pulled that one out of my ass pretty well. <laughs> no, I read it. You read it, you idiot. Um, someone asked me, who's also a big movie fan at my at, at work today, they're like, what, what was Kurt Russell's son in it? I was like, mm, I don't think no, he, he wasn't. was. I love me some Wyatt Russell, though. Wyatt Russell? His, his uh, Lodge 49 show is fun. Harley Quinn Smith, of all people, speaking yeah. of Kevin Smith, was in there, which was bizarre. I think, I think a lot of the cult kids were, were all, kids of famous people. Uh, well, I think even Rumor Willis. I thought Rumor yeah, Willis was, was the girl at the... The girl that visited Sharon on at the yeah. end there, the last day. Oh, okay. I thought she was the one girl at the movie theater that was just like... No, no, no. That's... Okay, what is her name? She's actually... She, gosh, yes, she is hilarious. She's the one from uh, Bad Moms. Yeah, okay. Okay. I know what you're talking... Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find her name. But uh, also, bad props for... He's barely in the movie at all, but uh, they got Damian Lewis to really pull off Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks like more 70... Like, didn't he pass away in 79? Like, he looked more like 72, 73 Steve McQueen, where he had, like, the super curly hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, damn, he looks like Steve McQueen. <laughs> I love, too, that Tim Roth and James Marsden got cut from the film. Yes, and they got credit <laughs> for it at the end, yeah. because Sarah saw James Marsden, and I saw Eric. James has been cut from a Roth, lot of stuff, say. if I'm not mistaken. Well, sadly, yes. Yeah. He deserves so much better. He does. He's a good actor. Uh, Emil Hirsch did yeah. a good job. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, not a fan? Or no. just of his performance? I'd never, I'd never heard of Emil Hirsch until okay. after I saw this movie on Friday. Okay. And then I was like reading reviews and comments about the movie, and everybody was pissed off that Emil Hirsch is in this movie. Why? Uh, he admitted to and was convicted of and spent time in prison for attacking a woman viciously because she turned down his advances. She, what? He pulled her to the ground, put her in a chokehold, assaulted her. Well, that makes so sense. yeah, that's, that's a little a taper very, on that one. Oh man, suddenly Cliff seems like a good guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel horrible laughing at that. Also, uh, look, I've never been tripping balls, but Cliff was tripping balls when he was beating up on those people too. So I don't know if that affected. Well, so those. so that's another thing. Which again, he that's sets impressive up, though that he sets <laughs> up really well. Which Tanner, you're just like because you forget about the cigarettes, mm-hmm. and you're thinking it's like, well, that's going to come back later. And right, then, when he puts it in there, you know it's going to yeah. come back. But you're thinking it's going to come back like, you know, I don't know. I thought it's white. Or something. Well, you think like it's going to be something like uh, Maya, where true. like his wife is going to smoke it oh, or yeah. something. Or Rick will smoke it and he thinks it's all like part of a, part of the show. Right, which, he watches the murders thinking he's which, tripping. Which Cliff kind <laughs> of thinks think, for a yeah, second, but then he's just also like, I remember you. You're like, like you're that, you had a shitty name like <laughs> Rex or something. <laughs> like, I am the I'm devil. the devil. No, it was dumber I'm than I'm the devil. No, I was definitely dumber than that. So good. Uh, I like the guy who played the director too. Oh, who um, the fuck was that? They I, said I, it was I, like kind of no name. Yeah, yeah. I looked him up, and he was kind of like a, a, a non-known guy. But but the whole time I kept watching him, all I kept thinking was he reminded me so much of because God bless her. My wife has watched the show with me in the room many times. That say yes to the dress. <laughs> Say yes to the dress. <laughs> wait, wait. It just reminded me of like the guy from Say Yes to the Dress the coming in. The Tutera guy? Yeah, the director. It's like, look, mm. I didn't hire you to be a TV cowboy. <laughs> I hired you because you're Rick Dalton. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, I love the fact that apparently uh, Bruce Dern was supposed to be uh, what's um, the Spawn Pun. No, yeah, but, but um, it was yeah. he hasn't Burt come Reynolds? up. Yet. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah, but he died. Was, he it, but, which is funny then because James Marsden was playing Burt Reynolds. Oh. Oh. And got that- cut. So, like, how funny would it have been if you had Burt Reynolds playing someone else and someone playing when Burt someone's Reynolds playing Burt Reynolds? Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> that would have been yeah. So I'm I'm trying to I was trying to find Bruce Stern because yeah. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, George Spawn, mm-hmm. uh, and then and it right and it was like a uh, Lena Dunham as Gypsy, and then Martin Cove. He played the villain on the Bounty Law clip that they showed. Oh. Uh-huh. Martin Cove is yes. King or Cobra Kai from the karate kid because this is the you, you all at home can't see this but there's the picture and i'm like is that no and then i of course you click on it boom the karate kid I was, yeah i was just like well, holy shit well and and that's that was it took me a minute i didn't realize it even at the time till later that that was luke perry oh really yeah that well as, as uh the boston the boston, the boston lancer yeah. or something yeah so i i was confused on that was that the what was the name of the show he was on? Cause Lancer. It's, Lancer. It is Lancer. But wasn't Timothy Oliphant, who's the lead, wasn't his character like like Miami something or something weird like that? Here, I'm going to see it in a second. No, it'll just show the actor's name that he's playing, not him. James Stacy. Yes, he doesn't say yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn it. I, I, I love me some Oliphant, which, which of course now Tarantino's now worked with I think almost everybody from Justified, which makes me happy because, <laughs> God, I love Justified. Wasn't Scoot McNary in a guest star in Justified? I think so. Yeah, it, fit, it feels. I feel right. like he was like one of the sons, and was it the season with Margo? Mar- Businessman Bob. <laughs> Businessman. Yeah, Businessman Bob. And I did. So I will say this too. This because I'm I'm watching the clip of him doing the scene with with Tim, Timothy Oliphant, and it is after his pep talk, and I'm like, I already know in the trailer how this is going to go, but like you don't know if she says it to be cruel. Or does yeah. it to be <laughs> yeah. context yeah. thing? Yes. And when you're watching it, and he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't do nice scenes like that. You know what I mean? Where it just nice things kind of happen. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And it's a quiet kind of. It's a movie set, so it's not super quiet. He's yelling and he throws her to the ground and all that stuff because yeah. he's the bad guy. But when it's all over, like it is played for a laugh. But I feel like in anyone else's hands, that could go very. You could be laughing at him instead of with him mm-hmm. or, or with him and how silly the situation is. I, I feel like it could have been like a bad funny instead of like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's like it, his reaction, yeah. his reaction to hearing that felt genuine. No, right. Yeah. Which, which oh, is, sure. which, and again, you're going to kind of laugh at because It's like, that was the well, best acting I ever seen. He's like, fuck yes, it was I, I just, like, on that point. Yeah. His acting with the slow realization that the Bronco Buster book he's reading actually it's his own life mm-hmm. as he oh my God. A, as he's saying that and comes to realize what he's saying and how it applies to him and how he takes that yeah was fucking chilling like that was a great a, as an actor it's like that DiCaprio was nailed so it. good and then they you know like I feel like other people this is I feel like that scene is a scene you see in other movies not Tarantino movies I I, I yeah. feel like and that's why I I think I just appreciate I'm talking myself into thinking this is my favorite film right now. But no, I mean, you don't see that in any, a lot of his other films. Like, it's, you know. But I think usually, a lot of people could chew that scene, and he doesn't chew it at all. It just, it yeah. feels so. It feels like natural. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, he, he had some levity to it where he's like, don't worry, it'll happen to you. Yeah. One yeah. Day. You got, like, 12 years left or 12, something. You got 12 years left. 14 years, years whatever. Like, Jesus. Which is such an odd. Because he was in, like, such an honest place, you say something like that, and then you realize, oh, 
shit, where am I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was so good. Yeah, I, I really... I was. And I love that her stunt double came running up to her, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was cute, yeah. It was... And and also too, the director came up and said, you know, that's exactly what I wanted. Thank you, because you know maybe they're placating him on some level, but you no, know, it was actually a good. Perf- I mean, he did yeah. a. He was kind of creepy, <laughs> which because uh, so this is the other thing too. I'm watching some of the scenes of him in the old t- style TV shows. I used to love watching Nick at Night, Dick Van Dyke mm-hmm. show, and all that stuff. I don't remember the show FBI, but again, Nick at Night would only show yeah. fucking Dragnet. Dragnet, <laughs> which, yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Adam, was it Adam 66? Adam something or other? I, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my under knowledge of like the cop shows. All was was that and Car Fifty Four. Where are you? Yeah, very different. And so it's like, oh, and I knew of the Fugitive because the movie came out and was based after the TV show from the '90s with Harrison Ford. That's mm-hmm. my concept of like hour long dramas or whatever. That and Dragnet. That's, I love the part and, too, like as they're as they're dressing him. The fact that basically it's also showing a little bit of change of the times when the fact that they're making the bad guy look like a hippie because they know who their audience is. <laughs> Mm. Of essentially, their audience is basically going to be a lot of conservative people watching westerns. So, so, yeah, so so you make dress (laughs) the bad guy a little bit to look like uh, the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Which, and of course, you know, Rick trying to combat that was because you, you know, and and first you feel bad for him because like, oh, you're they're going to make you look like the thing you hate, and mm. which which is an interesting thing though that that they do with the movie as well. It kind of goes in with the overhead shots of showing how things are connected. One thing that they do a really good job is basically showing how all these different groups, all these different people, and they, whether they're the hippies on the ranch or the you know the swells <laughs> or just like the regular people living in trailers, they're all watching FBI on a you know Tuesday night at seven yeah. o'clock. <laughs> it's one of those things where at that time was one of those things where the song on the radio is the song half the city was listening to. You know the 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 show on the TV was the thing that half the town was watching. You that don't night. have many other options, right? Yeah, it, it, but it was weird how like the limited pop culture and stuff at that point really did kind of give such a shared experience of something like that. Yeah, where because I, I feel like TV wise, the last major thing that had such a where everyone watched it was was it Who Shot Jr. and then the Mash finale. Yeah, <laughs> and. You know what I mean? Because I just remember when Friends ended, they were like, we're going to beat MASH. And I was just like, it's a lot of people, dude. Like, the Super Bowl hasn't The Cheers really... finale, maybe. Yeah. 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 The Cheers won. finale was yeah. pretty was massive. Pretty ma- But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, we're not going to probably we sadly don't do that see that anymore no. of yeah. everybody I, at one time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. look at everyone talking about, like, you know, Game of Thrones finale setting records. Well, yeah, it set records for HBO or streaming. But if you look at, like, the amount of people, mm-hmm. not really. it was like what you would consider, you know, Maybe the season finale of The Nanny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello there. Back when, you know, everyone watched CB, you know, oh, T- or, or, or like TGI, TGIF TGF. ratings. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. You know, for an entire Friday. Everybody cool. loves Ray. Um, <laughs> that wasn't TGIF. No, well, he was oh on Fridays, gosh. though. For No, I'll TGIF. By the way, uh, this is a weird side tangent. Darkest ending to any show ever. Dinosaurs. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. Okay, oh so my I God. missed that, and someone was talking to me about that. I was like, No, it can't. And then be. I watched no, the clip yeah. on, on YouTube, and I was like, yeah. It's like, Daddy, or, or not the dad, not the mama. Are we going to be okay? And then he's like, 
I don't know. I don't know. And then they just, just pans out to the, all the, all the snow. snow. And then, and then I think he even says, he's like, daddy, I'm scared. And you're like, Oh no, he called him dad. No. They're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also it's timely because they kill a bird uh, from deforestation. And then it, mm-hmm. Oh, it might happen with the bees soon. Um, Yay. yeah, no. Yeah. TJ, what was also TJF? It was step by step. Step by step. Well, it, it depends on different years. Yeah. There's, oh, there's maybe like perfect seven. strangers. Yeah, yeah. Full, Full house, house. Family, matters. family matters. Um, Did you I had, that? You had the Heather Locklear going places for about two seasons. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember yeah, going places. We should do a podcast on TGIF. Okay. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> God. Well, I sadly on my end it will be mostly. Full house for like a half second, and then it's all Urkel. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, Urkel's my boy. <laughs> if I, he can I get just, Laura, I, just, I can get Laura. <laughs> I just kept, I just kept wanting Carl Winslow to be the same cop from Die Hard, and just have it come up, <laughs> come up at some point during Family Matters that he killed a kid. So my memory might be off on this, but <laughs> again, the, sad comedy. You know, the the it's ending a, of I think of Family Matters was also super a bummer, which is ended with Urkel sacrificing himself in space. Saying goodbye to Laura, like he always loved her, and that sounds uh, awesome. Sacrificing it, yourself it, in space, it, it is. So like he, because he's smart, he's asked to go on this trip on NASA, and it's like on the space station, and something goes wrong, and there's and Urkel figures out, of course, because it's Urkel, that yeah. how to fi- fix it, and it happens to be when they're also talking to Laura and Carl and all of them. So it's like they're hearing everything go south, and it gets you're like, oh, this isn't funny, mm-hmm. and then Urkel is like. I think I've got it figured out. I swear this is what I just remember. I watched it because it moved to CBS. It moved to CBS. Confirm or deny? No, no, yeah. I know. I, this is my memory of it, which is he just goes, "Laura, I always loved you," and, and it's like, "I'm really sorry. I, I, I'll, I'll try to find my way back home, but I don't. I think this, I, I'll try." Wait, is Urkel like lost in Tar- space now? In the Quentin Tarantino version of that, oh, yeah. he came back. <laughs> Luke Skywalker died. He came back Luke perfectly Sky- fine. Luke, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker died, died, but Urkel survived. <laughs> right. <laughs> But then you'll never get no great like moment in Kevin Smith's Jansen on the Bosch. You'll be like, hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> you don't fuck with the Jedi Master, son. <laughs> but look, the fact that he, they got him to say that in anything is fantastic. Good uh, job, Kevin Hamill, Smith. Hamill's a delight, though. Oh, he is. I, I, just, I just like... The only problem is, if you hear two interviews with him, you start picking up more than other people. Like, oh, I've heard this one before. He's going to... I don't know. No. He knows how he knows how to talk to an audience yeah. because they're gonna want spoilers. So he knows how to dodge. But then he starts talking about the uh, was it the UPs, the ultimate or UPFs, ultimate passion, ultimate passionate fans. Like he like I've heard that so many times on different talk shows. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah. But granted, well, we all have the same stories. It, well, that is sadly true. I will say though, I do anytime I don't mind it if he bust out a Harrison Ford impersonation. I am well, speaking totally of the same stories, I have saved it to now. I met Quentin Tarantino at a water park once. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's yeah, delve yeah, yeah, into yeah, this. Let's delve yeah. into this. Well, okay. First off, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what were you I didn't wearing? I didn't actually <laughs> speak to him. <laughs> a bathing suit, also called the No Go Zone. Um, was it Typhoon Lagoon? No, this was in Atlanta, 1996, mm. when I was down there for the Olympics. Oh wow! He and Bruce Willis were in line in front of me for a water slide. They were in line. Yeah, hmm. they waited in line. Okay, maybe a little I didn't, less I didn't, narcissistic. Than I, I didn't thought. interrupt. I was 16. I was trying to. Jump. Oh, you didn't say anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was 16. Yeah, 16 going on 17. So I think I just I kissed a girl a few months going on I just kissed a girl maybe a few months prior. So I was like, at this point, like, that was... Didn't have the swagger yet. Yeah, um, um, excuse me, Mr. Tarantino. <laughs> so it's like, we're good. 
see, I would think even knowing I know even though I know he's narcissistic, I would not fuck with Bruce Willis. I have no desire. Wait, to this was, I mean, this was Bruce Willis. This would have been like, back when he was still acting. Not yeah, really. I mean, this was what right, I think right about four rooms. I want to say it would have been oh, about the that's time. That's decent, 96? Bruce Willis, where he still kind of gave a shit about things. Yeah, he, I mean, he was he was still like boxer shape. I just also think of sorry. I thought Pulp Fiction, where he's remembering the watch, mm. Christopher Walken had his watch up up my ass, and sorry, I just went so, down a weird what, path. One of the lifeguards <laughs> told us that uh, Garth Brooks was also at the water park that day, and my sister was like, "Let's go find him." I was like, "No, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get on the lazy Pass. river." Pass. Yeah, but but she couldn't go without me. Who, by herself anywhere because she's younger. Who, so. who was it? One of our friends, Nikki Smith, posted. She's like, what are the things that you thought were bad when you were younger and, or things you used to say and now you feel it to be false? And it's like, and, and Nikki's response was, Garth Brooks isn't so bad. <laughs> 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 and I was just like, yeah, that's yeah. kind of truthful. Yeah. So anyway, once upon a time in Hollywood, this happens all the time now. Anything else we want to add to add to the think about or throw out there? You know, it's it's one of those movies that I think the further out from it I get, the more I like it. Even yeah, and even actually, the further I get from the first act, the more I like it. <laughs> During the first act, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this movie, and then it all started coming together. And well, it does. It kind of plods along. So there is plot, but it just it's almost like watching Seinfeld. We're just like, what is the plot? What's the point? Right. Of well, this? they set it up as okay. It's a day in the life. Yeah, exactly. So you're just yeah. kind of, and I mean, things happen. I was I was never bored, but I've heard. A lot of Tarantino fans, traditional Tarantino fans, saying that this was boring. They didn't like it. And I can see that yeah, because... I don't agree with that. I mean, I'm, I, I don't I'm agree sure there are some Tarantino fans, and again, I'm not one and I'm no expert, but I'm sure there are some that love him for the wacky violence. And so the fact that this was all saved for the very yeah. end, mm-hmm. you are going to sit there for two hours saying, when is anything going to happen? I appreciated I, but, that about it, but... I also think those are maybe Tarantino fans and not movie fans. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> not, I just want to see some blood. Yeah, Let's, not, yeah. not fans of story, story and structure. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I think, yeah, because I, I, I feel like this is one of his most mature movies that oh, he's yeah. made, which which but is nice. It is his most conservative, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. It, but I think it's needed, too, I, which mm-hmm. is being that if you've seen other Tarantino films, dude doesn't have a lot of restraint. <laughs> so right. um, so it, it, it's nice. But, but it is one of those things, too, that that is something that – since I did do a complete Tarantino rewatch, because a lot of it I haven't seen some of those films for like 15 years. Yeah. And I was like, I, I kind of want to watch them all going up to this. I haven't seen so many of them for, since like high school or By something. By the way, did you like, finish them before seeing or did you oh, yeah, yeah. catch them all, yeah. most of them? And, okay. I watched them all in a row. Not in a row, but you know, in, <laughs> chron- in, in, in a chronological row. order. Jesus. And obviously some rose in my esteem, some fell. <laughs> But it's like kind of one of those things, like even like the hyper violence of like the, the scene from uh, Mr. Blonde and Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. where he cuts his ear off. It's like it's funny how lo- you don't realize how long of a take that is, and how long he actually draws it out. Yeah. Until you watch it, that is almost like a four to five minute one shot take yeah. that sets up the entire thing, and then the camera never pulls away until the violence happened, and then you never see it. It's like one of those things where it's like, God, I remember this being more violent than it was at the time and thinking like, whatever, but it's still very, very effective of seeing, you know, not see, not seeing the violence, which I, I actually prefer as opposed to something like Midsummer, which oh. is, have you seen it? No. Yeah. I'd say, I take it. You're not a horror fan either. Not really. See, I, okay. So this is the weird thing. If it's an action movie or like a vibe of an action movie, which Tarantino 
sometimes they feel like an action movie. Mm-hmm. I find to be more okay with it. But I mean, when he started bashing, this is sorry, graphic bashing the one Manson girl in the in the head yeah. on the phone, I was like, and then moves her to the oh, fireplace. That, on, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. And, but. and the that first was phone hit was funny. But it, it, it because, was funny for a second, and then but we it was, kept it was like, funny because oh, the phone oh, rang. Oh, oh, but yeah. that's just that's yeah. just me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was the sound effect of the phone ringing made me laugh. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I forgot that the phone rang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did too. Yeah, because yeah. I was just more like, oh, right. oh it, it was it was oh, like the lot. yeah, it was it was like. Not so much like a phone ringing, but the sound a phone makes on something like when that. When someone was, hits it or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That's the great thing. We, we, I think kids today don't know that. They don't that know. If oh, your phone is right, I'm going to use the microphone as an example. Like, if you barely touch the side of it, you, it, it gives would a make little a, chirp. Yeah, yeah. make a little chirp. And you're just like, and sometimes, you know, until you realize it's not fun to do it because you break the phone, you just start hitting it a yeah, little yeah. bit. Because you just want to hear the sounds. Like, well, wow. So there's another little bell in there or something that, I don't know. Well, especially because technology, it's all digital yeah. and. You know, the phone yeah. rings, it's not a... Have you, have you seen the... Someone did the video of, like, where they had tried to have kids make a phone on a dial phone? <sighs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. There's yeah. a whole cadre of videos. And sometimes they're entertaining, like... Um, <laughs> or they make you feel better about life, which was, uh, for, at least for me, as a, uh, my geeky love, as uh, they did... Um, they show young people today ver- an- uh, cartoons of Animaniacs. Okay. And all of them were just like, this is a great show. When did this come out? They're like 1994. Like, oh my God, that's so old. But it's so good. Oh, yeah. How yeah. And so that makes me feel better. Ago, but how were they funny? But then every once in a while, you'll get them where they go, what's this? And it's like, is that a phone? I don't know. The only one where it's bearable is when they have the Stranger Things kids do it because they know they have yeah. to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, I don't know what this is. Well, Millie, you know, you're from England. Ha, 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 ha. And they do, then they make fun of each other and they moved away from the phone. You're like, yeah. oh, thank God. I already feel horrible <laughs> that you don't know what that is. Cassette tapes, I know, and it was one. Yep. Oh, oh, man. Kids nowadays who never get to give the girl a mixtape. Thank you guys all for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Ella, thank you for coming back on the show. And yeah. Ella will be at our – I haven't really plugged a lot on here, but I, I really should. It's, it's, I'm on the show, uh, and it's uh, my show. Uh, Ella is helping me talk Gremlins. Yeah. August 17th at Mad Lab. That will be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we have a special surprise sneak sneak thing. that We're not, not sneak peek <laughs> for this, but like it's going to be a nice surprise, I should say, that mm-hmm. people – I, I don't want to ruin the surprise, so I, I, sh- I should probably just publicize it. But then surprise, people could be, then people would be kind of bummed. You told that. me. People would. Be I bummed. think I did. Yeah, I did tell you. And I keep, I keep telling you too, Ella. Once we, I keep it. I, I keep secrets. So, all right. Well, again, thank you guys so much. It was so much fun. Thank you. And, thank you, Nick. Uh, have a good one. Go away! We're having a good time until you showed up, Jeepers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!